Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Song of Solomon, Chapter 8, from the World English Bible. Oh, that you were like my brother, who nursed from the breasts of my mother. If I found you outside, I would kiss you, yes, and no one would despise me. I would lead you, bringing you into the house of my mother, who would instruct me. I would have you drink spiced wine of the juice of my pomegranate. His left hand would be under my head. His right hand would embrace me. I adjure you, daughters of Jerusalem, that you not stir up nor awaken love until it so desires. Who is this who comes up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Under the apple tree I aroused you. There your mother conceived you. There she was in labor and bore you. Set me as a seal on your heart, as a seal on your arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is as cruel as Sheol. Its flashes are flashes of fire, a very flame of Yahweh. Many waters can't quench love, neither can floods drown it. If a man would give all the wealth of his house for love, he would be utterly scorned. We have a little sister. She has no breasts. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she is to be spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build on her a turret of silver. If she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. I am a wall, and my breasts like towers. Then I was in his eyes like one who found peace. Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Haman. He leased out the vineyard to keepers. Each was to bring a thousand shekels of silver for its fruit. My own vineyard is before me. The thousand are for you, Solomon, two hundred for those who tend its fruit. You who dwell in the gardens, with friends in attendance, let me hear your voice. Come away, my beloved. Be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of spices. That is the end of chapter 8 and the end of the Song of Solomon. If you haven't yet, I do recommend you listen to the episodes in the previous chapters about the Song of Solomon, but in particular, chapter 1's episode and chapter 7's episodes are where I talk a lot about things that pertain to the book as a whole, and also some things I said in chapter 7 about the references I've used applies here. Chapter 8 begins with the comparison to her brothers. Again, remember, first, this is a continuation of the bride's inviting the bridegroom to her love that is stored up for him. The comparison to like a brother seems to mean she wishes she could be as affectionate, even in public, as she can be with her brothers. So to say it a different way, she is not saying she loves him like a brother, but she wants to be able to show love as freely to the bridegroom. In verse 2, the bride seems to be acknowledging that it is her mother who has passed on knowledge of how marriage should work. 
which includes the metaphorical spiced wine from the juice of the pomegranate. Pomegranates were talked about a lot in chapter 7's episode. The description of verse 3 is apparently the same in the original languages as what you read in Daniel chapter 10 verses 10 and 18 and Revelation chapter 117. These are about Daniel and John respectively being strengthened and revived by his left hand under my head. The idea of God's right hand is expressed in Psalm 63, 8, where it says, My soul follows hard after you, your right hand upholds me. The right hand was the hand of superior blessing, as we see in Genesis 48, verses 17 through 18, where Jacob tries to bless Joseph's sons in an order that Joseph doesn't approve of. The right hand is the hand that was sanctified on the priests, as it talks about in Exodus 29, 20. And it is the hand, the right hand of the person who trespassed was cleansed symbolically with blood applied to it in Leviticus 14, 14. In Deuteronomy 33, in Moses's final blessing, he talks of the fiery law or lightning coming from the Lord's right hand. Psalm 16, 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. And Psalm 17, 7 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There are lots of Psalms that use this imagery of the right hand. If you do a word search, Isaiah 62, 8 says that God has sworn by his right hand. There are many places in the Bible that talk about the right hand and the left hand, but when just the right hand is mentioned, it seems to represent a place of strength. Next is the refrain of not stirring up love until it so desires. Again, on one level, this possibly is about not igniting the passion that only has its proper fulfillment in marriage, but also the New American Standard Bible, the 95, the 1995 edition, words it as until she pleases, giving the idea that it is up to the bride to respond. The wilderness comes up again in chapter 8, verse 5. Recall it came up the first time in chapter 3, verse 6 with its pillars of smoke. But here in chapter 8, you have a picture of the bride being supported and led by the bridegroom, not like she's decrepit, but like he is a proper source of strength to her. And while we're in verse 5, we have under an apple tree, someone has been aroused or awakened. In chapter 2, verse 2, he, the bridegroom, is compared to an apple tree and she is under his shade. It seems she in some way came to life there, suggesting the idea of being born again as Jesus teaches Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Why the actual bride's mother is said to have conceived her there is unclear, though Young's literal translation says, there did thy mother pledge thee, like that is where the life of the bride in marriage was brought to life. Of course, in chapter 8, verse 6, you have one of the most famous lines from this song of songs, which is, set me as a seal on your heart. It indicates exclusivity of his heart for her. 
Like when people seal a letter to someone and only the recipient can lawfully break the seal, the seal showing who the letter is from. Ephesians 1.13 speaks of believers in Christ having been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The ephod of the high priest in the Old Testament had the stones representing the tribe of Israel next to his breast. In Daniel 12.4, he was to seal up the book until the time of the end. In 2 Timothy 2.19, it talks about believers having a seal that the Lord knows those who are his. And Revelation is, of course, full of seals that are being broken open at God's command. But specifically, Revelation 9.4 speaks of those who have the seal of God on their foreheads. The rest of verse 6 in Song of Solomon chapter 8 speaks of the fierce strength of love, strong as death, which Jesus Christ overcame, love rightfully jealous of its own, implying final justice for those who deny his love or harm his beloved. Then 1 Corinthians 16.22, Paul says, anyone who does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. There is debate about whether or not the verse ends with the abbreviated name of Yahweh as Yah when it says, a very flame of Yahweh. Since we know from other places in the Bible very clearly that God is love, it doesn't really matter whether that can be verified or not. Then the passage speaks and says, nothing can quench love or purchase it. It is a very unique thing. Verse 8 seems to be a flashback to a time of immaturity of the bride with the brothers or the siblings, because they do call her sister, talking of how to prepare her for the day of her marriage, and they speak in terms of guarding and reinforcing. She answers in verse 10 that she is now mature and strong, tying the idea of her breasts, which indicate maturity, with the guarding that her brothers spoke of. It seems to say that she now guards herself and her affections, and she has found peace in her bridegroom. See Ephesians 2.14 and Romans 5.1, where it talks about Christ being our peace. Also, Micah 5.5. Solomon having a vineyard in verse 11 is very much like the parable in Matthew 21.33, There is a similar reference in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 23, but in a negative way, but it also mentions 1,000 shekels. The literal meaning of the place Baal Haman is said to be owner of a multitude. It seems to be that those leasing the vineyard are in the midst of a multitude and they were supposed to produce a harvest. But she, the bride, is now taking responsibility for her vineyard, unlike in chapter 1, verse 6, but she considers it Solomon's, though there is some reward for those who tend it. And finally, the bridegroom describes her as living in a garden. This is, of course, reminiscent of the Garden of Eden, where God walked with Adam and Eve, and when he was there to spend time with them, he wanted them to answer in the affirmative, not hide silently in shame because of what they had done. The shame was proper, but God would rather it hadn't been necessary. Here, the bridegroom expects her to be with friends. He says, let me hear your voice. And this also reminds me of the many times where God tells us to pray. The bride says, come away, wanting to be with him. 
This is like Philippians 3.20 and Revelations 22.20, which talk about wanting Christ to come back quickly. And then like a strong, swift gazelle or stag, Psalm 136 also talks about this idea, says, I wait for the Lord more than a watchman waits for the morning. Then we have the mountains of spices. This is the fourth time mountains are mentioned other than when they're used specifically in a description of something else. So first we had Bethair, the mountain of division in, in 217. In chapter 4, verse 6, we have the mountain of myrrh, which seems to represent burial. In chapter 4, 8, we have the mountain of leopards, which signifies danger or possibly sin. And then here we have the mountain of spices, which is similar to the idea of prayer and fellowship. Thus it ends with both the sense of fulfillment of the earthly ongoing marital relationship, but the pending coming of the heavenly bridegroom. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.